G'day guys, Shrek here. Welcome to part one of the Australia East Coast adventure. I've just got back. Uh, I worked full day today, but yesterday I was supposed to fly back from Sydney to Brisbane. Uh, the flight got cancelled and I ended up having to rent a car and just drive flat out to get back to my family. And um, I think I arrived at 8 last night, started at 6am today. Uh, she's been a brutal old schedule, I'll be honest. But uh, anyway, you didn't come to hear about that. If you're new here for the first time, welcome to the Noob Spear Podcast. I am the host, Isaac or Shrek, and I get to interview spearfishing authorities, characters, legends, absolute champions from one side of the planet to the other. And I get to share their lessons learned, the wisdom, banter, jokes, and we all just froth on the spearfishing lifestyle. So if the, you are curious, if you love the spearfishing lifestyle, if you're just learning, you're in exactly the right place. You are listening to the Noobsphere podcast. Today, Australia East Coast Part 1. I'm talking to two of the boys from the Coffs Harbour Bluewater Freedivers. It's Tom Sandstrom and Angus Knox. We have an absolute blast. There's a little bit of background noise because we're at a pub. We're sinking a few brews and enjoying uh, all that Coffs Harbour has to offer. It's a, such a beautiful place. We're actually in Mooney. Um, it's not Mooney, apparently. It's Mooney. But anyway... Um, Magic chat. We're going to get it to that in just two two seconds. I have got a couple of quick shout-outs I have to do. Um, Naptonics, your one-stop shop for spear gun making, especially spear gun making. Go to neptonics.com. They offer pre-cut blanks. Or if you want to start, if you just want to try making one spear gun and have a really easy plan to follow, go to neptonics.com and uh, get hold of this because it's, it's an easy way to make your first spear gun. It's all laid out for you. If you want to get a little bit more creative on your second spear gun, by all means do so, but Neptonics is still a great place for that. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10% on everything there at neptonics.com. These guys are fantastic. I love what they're doing, and I think if you want to make a spear gun, it's just a no-brainer. Um, had an, a fantastic review. <clears throat> Diving for Surviving on Apple Podcasts says, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months and love it. It's just so calming to listen to. So I didn't realize it was calming. Maybe that's my voice. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, another long review says, Great for noobs and vets alike. I've been listening to the Noob Spiro podcast since I was a new Spiro to tickle the itch when I couldn't go dive and learn new things. Now, however, I don't quite need it like I did five years ago, but now I'm chomping at the bit to hear whatever Shrek's newest guest has to say and still find new stuff to learn. And uh, the next five episodes of the podcast are live in person as I've traveled and made my way down to Sydney, um, culminating in an absolutely fantastic interview with Gunther Pringle at the Adreno store down there. And uh, they're going to come out over the next successive weeks. So I hope you enjoy this series. Let me know what you think. Um, I wanted to get into a quick voice message before we go into this interview. Here is Josh Haley. He's at Souls Untapped on Instagram. This guy's a legend. Here we go. Hey, Shrek. Josh Halley here. Also known as Souls Untapped on social media. Just want to let you know how much I love listening to your podcast. The knowledge and experience you get from listening to it is second to none. You can't also beat the banter, which you get it from the guys all around the world, which is nice to hear. It's all across the world. All Spiros are pretty nuts. I'm pumped up for the 99 Spiro recipes. I can't wait to get my hand on, hands on a copy and try some recipes that are in it. It's nice to know that people are pushing. It's not just about pulling the trigger on a fish. It goes as far as the table, providing meals and stuff for your friends and family. Anyway, 
keep doing what you're doing. I absolutely love it. And I look forward to future episodes and what you've got planned for the podcast. Cheers. Hey, guys. Uh, as Josh mentioned, so uh, 99 Spirit Recipes, it's pretty much done. I'm waiting for backers to submit their names. They're going in the book as a, in an acknowledgement section just for thanking them, help us bring this project to life. Uh, it should be up for sale and available very soon, but I've got to get these rewards out to the backers first. Um, it's all coming together. The book is finished, so it's just a matter of dotting I's, crossing T's, and then we'll get this thing done and sent out to you. But anyway, I've blathered on enough. Let's get into part one, Australia East Coast, with Tom and Angus. Here we go. Neptonics.com source the very best in spearing gear from around the planet. Jerry says, if we sell it, we believe in it, we trust it and dive it. Neptonics is the one-stop shop for all your spearfishing essentials. Neptonics is solid gear that works, and you'll know it's true when you pull the trigger on a Neptonics mech. On every snap of a Neptonics power band and in every whiz of a Neptonics spear gun reel, singing with the power of another big fish. Buy gear you can depend on at neptonics.com. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10%. Adreno.com.au, the home of recipes, blogs, videos, equipment reviews, and an obnoxiously large range of spearfishing equipment for frothers like you. Not only that, but spearfishing trips and courses, courses and trips that I sometimes get to go on. Check them out at adreno.com.au. It's a Spiro's best friend. Check them out, and if you want to buy gear, pump in the code NoobSpiro to save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can use that online, in-store, Use the code NoobSpiro, save some cash, and support the NoobSpiro podcast. Shop with adreno.com.au. G'day, guys. Uh, Shrek here. I'm surrounded by some pretty magnificent company. We're a few brews deep, and we've had a, a fantastic uh, a feed. Care of the uh, Mooney Tavern, is that right, Tommy? Yeah, mate, that's the one. So I've got Tommy, Angus, and my mate Cam, who's... He's flowing up from Sydney and we are making our way south, doing an East Coast tour really and uh, having an absolute ball of it. Today was day one. Um, Cam, what did you think, mate? Did you enjoy it? You are a bit tired this morning. Yeah, I was banging out a new five mil wetsuit, so trying to break it in. Um, a little bit hard to get down and didn't see the biggest dewies that we were trying to look for, but there was plenty of fish action down there. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Tommy gave us the inside scoop on a spot, um, but it failed to deliver. Um, I think that's pretty typical of the coughs intel. So. Put them in the swell. <laughs> nah, it was a good day. We had nice fizz and there were plenty of fish around. It was it was good fun diving, good to get the warmed up. Um, you had a brand new wetsuit. So we were talking about brand new wetsuits earlier, particularly with the thicker thicknesses. And um, boys, let's all talk about wetsuits, sort of five mil and up when you get a brand new um, what's your take on it? Cam, we'll start with you because you had one today. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I think it, I had a Boucher that was, um, I've got a fairly stocky build and what I believe those ones are, uh, give you a bit more space in the shoulders, which was good for me. So I didn't feel too restricted, but certainly gives you a workout trying to get down. Um, and I think it's just one of those things from what I hear, you've just got to keep getting it, getting used to it, um, making it flexible so that you can breathe because you can't really go down unless you're really relaxed. Uh, so yeah, getting it getting it done really. Angus, mate, you're pretty well off, so you probably get a new five mil every year, don't you? Uh, no, I've actually had the same five mil top for three years, and I haven't worn it that much, so it's pretty close to new. Uh, wore it 
in Killsby and Jervis Bay and maybe for two months of the year up in Coffs. It's three years old and it's still still schmick. Yeah, nice, nice. Breaking them in is a bit of a pain. And then when they start to compress over time, that's the other pain point. But a, a good suit you get a couple of seasons out of, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm running a weddy suit pretty much for most of my my ones and they're all they're all really good last at least two seasons this five mil i've got this is its third year and it's probably got more in it yeah nice i hear good things about the witty wetsuits in fact i had a mate the other day who brought one as well and he's up in brisbane i think he purely bought it for uh winter diving but um which model wetsuit did you buy uh not sure it's just the cheapest one yeah <laughs> i know they make like a seven or an eight mil suit it's called a workhorse or something and that's they design stuff for like commercial divers guys that are like down in stewart island just diving absolute mud yeah i have around. to hand this one over to tommy he's got a commercial suit it's got yeah. a nice pea right, tube and go. uh looks really good yeah the, i've got a three mil commercial um and it's the best wedding i've ever worn I don't smell like a Yeti anymore when I get out of the water. You, you've got the little pissette and, um, mate, I don't know how people don't use one of them. It's it's amazing, yeah. I didn't use one when we were on a South Australian <laughs> trip with Cam and uh, we were sitting in this rental car with my five mil. <laughs> yeah, no good. <laughs> it was frigging rank. And that's all of a sudden when I thought, I feel discourteous. I think maybe a pissette is in order. That's freshwater compared to saltwater as well. It certainly takes out the sting in freshwater. You're just going to smell the whole way. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good insight, actually. I never even thought about that. Tommy? And, and you look super stylish walking around the boat ramp without your top on. <laughs> a couple of blokes. With a pissette hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my favourite thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, on, on the five mil, wearing a five mil in, um, I, I reckon get in, go for a big shorey and just start getting into lobster caves because you're moving, twisting and stretching it. Yeah, that'll, that'll bust it in pretty quick. Yeah, nice. That's a good that's a good thought. Today we were definitely diving a headland that was that guilty of that massive washing machine surge. And we really only, it said a metre swell on the on the forecast. It felt like a bit more than that. And um, day one diving, I've got to say I enjoyed it though. Um, is that typical of headland diving here in sort of northern New South? Yeah, mate. The, the southern side's usually a bit of a magnet. Um Angus is a is a bit more of an expert shore diver than me. He's he's as you can see a lot fitter than I am. Um, so he can, he can probably tell you a bit more about shore diving here. Yeah, so shore diving around coughs is pretty pretty tricky sometimes because often often the northern like nice protected corners uh, don't hold a lot of fish. You, know, you can find find your crays and abs there, but it's it's hard to find fish on those northern sides. So really, when the swell drops below 1.2 meters, then you're really looking at looking at getting around the south sides of the headlands and uh, finding a few better fish around there. Yeah, nice. Abs. What are the minimum size limits here? And um, have you got a gauge that you use? Is that? Yeah. So I think uh, 11 point, 11.9 centimeters. 11.2 okay. maybe. Um, 119 mil. So it's not a huge. Nah. Um, ab by any stretch. Nah, it's not not that big. I think personally, personally, I take the abs that are well oversized. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you get a bit better feed out of that. 
What's your you go-to cook-up with abs? Oh. I love them when they're done right, but yeah. done wrong, they're, so, sh- they're shit-house. My favourite is the abalone carbonara. So replace, replace the bacon and carbonara for abalone and you're on. Just, yeah, sliced really thin. Um, what, just like, raw and then? Nah, so like flash fried in butter yep. and garlic and then take it out, cook your carbonara sauce and then um, whack them back in at the end. Oh, um, Yeah. How many abs do you take at a time? Two. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's enough there for a feed like that. Yeah, do a yeah. carbonara for a few people. Yeah. yeah. Um, another tip for that is when you chuck them, chuck them in the freezer and leave them for a, for a week in the freezer before you eat them, and that helps to soften them. It helps to tenderize the meat before yeah, right. you before you cut it up. Then you don't have to bash it as much. Yeah, right. Yeah, flash frying with abs is just like a game changer. The best. I, last time I was in New Zealand, they did it on the boat, and we had these abs, and they they chopped them up into wedges, and they flash fried them in butter with garlic, just like you said, and we ate them. It was just like absolute heaven no tenderizing nothing fresh that they caught i absolutely loved them have you tried the uh panko and dill on an ab oh no because i i'd take them home live put them in the freezer and kill them in the freezer take them out shuck them and i i don't find a need to tenderize them um and then i cut them into like a centimeter thick don't cut off the foot or anything yeah and and yeah panko with shitload of dill Mm. in it and to shallow fry, and yeah, that that comes up a real treat. That sounds good. Um, with Spiros, like, like what we're talking about here is breaking down complex, tough organisms by using different processes, basically, like, essentially changing their biology using um, different means to do so in order to make something that's more palatable. In the hunting world, they're very good at dry aging meat and stuff like that. In spearfishing, particularly in this area. Um, how do you guys feel like the culinary world is developing around seafood here? Are people getting better with it or are we all just kind of spoiled because we get so much of, of the of the resource? No, we're definitely trying to get better. There's a few dinosaurs out there. I, I hate going coming back from a day out and you see all the line fishermen down there on the um, cleaning table with guts all over the table and hosing it out and putting guts all over the meat. and Oh, it's awful, but yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I think like that, yeah, Nyland and and ninety nine Sparrow recipes, that sort of thing's pushing everyone. Oh, good promo yeah, there, good, like good it. Plug. I like it. Keep going there. <laughs> um, is is yeah, pushing everyone to think a little bit more about what they do with it. Um, Angus has done a few pretty awesome uh, meals recently. He's done sausage rolls using the fat out of fish and and we've all got, sorts of good stuff. We've got a sausage roll recipe in the book, Angus, but how come you didn't submit these to the book? I'm quite disappointed, considering you're a Noob Sparrow podcast listener. Uh, I didn't submit anything because all my recipes are pretty much ripped off Josh Nyland. Oh, nice. Where, yeah. where do you get his recipes? Are they are they available the online? No, oh, you bought, you bought, Did you buy a whole fish or the, or the no, other I one? I got both. Oh, you got both yeah, of them? Yeah, 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 you yeah. got too much money, Angus. <laughs> nah, it's, it's more of my missus. She's got too much money. One of, the, one of the things I found with Josh Nyland's book, and I've only read the first book, which I can't remember. Is that the whole fish? Yeah. And then the second book's called One Fish, is uh, it? Or? Take One Fish. Take One Fish. Yeah. I've only read the first one. I found some of his recipes, like, really intimidating. Um, what are, What's your comments on his recipes and his cookbooks? Yeah, for sure. They're intimidating, definitely, especially for someone like me who just usually slaps things together. But if I don't have anything, I just leave it out. Yeah. And 
I don't worry about super fancy ingredients. I just use what I've got and try and replace things. And yeah, nice. Yeah, just make they take his recipe as the as the base, and then uh, change it up a bit and just make it my own. Have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. I, f- I feel like there's that kind of vein running through Australian culture where people will just try and adapt and just make things work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you had any failures though? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> one. Okay, give me one. It, it wasn't horrendous, but it wasn't great. So he's got a recipe in there for um for fish row uh, potato bake. Okay. I think he calls it rotato bake or something. Oh, yum, yum, yeah. yum. Sounds like it'd be really good. It just... Yeah. I don't know, I mustn't have had enough sauce. It wasn't quite saucy enough. It was a bit oh, yeah. fishy, just not not quite right. But um What row did you use and what did he recommend you use? Uh I think I used Kingy, but um Did he I'm use not, oh, I Kingy Row? I can't remember. I, I remember shooting right. a big one in New Zealand and I gave the row to Michael at the Matakana Smokehouse and he was stoked with it. It was huge. Um but allegedly it's quite easily to oh, Easy to overcook it? Yeah. Did you okay, overcook that, it or? Well, yeah, it was baked, so I assume it's overcooked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But the, I, don't know, I think just to go on to kingfish, my favourite kingfish thing, you know when you get a mushy kingy? Yeah. Well, no, I don't, but don't? I've heard about it. I've oh never had it happen God. to me. You'll get one. I, you'll get one. <laughs> oh, really? One you guys get yeah. them all the time? 60% of our kingies here are good. Okay. 40%. Oh, yeah, rough. But so yeah. what are you guys doing? Capacio, like ceviche? Yeah, so eat, of, eat as much of it raw as you can. Yep. Give it away. Tell most eaters sashimi. Don't cook it. Um, and then... Enjoy. How do you know? How do you know if it's going to be mushy? Yeah, we cut off a little bit of the tail, like down near the tail and cook it, and it'll go mushy and disgusting and you'll know. Okay. Um, but raw, it's fantastic. Raw, same. Yeah, great. Um yeah. But there's a he does like a cured pastrami yeah. with kingfish, a kingfish pastrami, and that is the best thing to do with mushy king. It's incredible. So for American listeners, we're talking about Serioli Leilandi, which is a close relative of your yellowtail kingfish in California waters. But kingfish in America, do you know that it's like they call Spanish? Uh, yeah, mackerel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little. Our yeah. names for fish are terrible, eh? Yeah. So you've found some success with that one? Yeah, yeah. The Kingfish Pastrami from Josh Nolan's book, really good for the mushy ones. Give us a rundown. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> come hard. on, come <laughs> on. Is it, is, it, is it like intensive, like labour intensive? No, nah, time intensive. So it's, it's, I suppose it's essentially dry aged. I think it takes about four days in a salt, in yeah. salt, brine and... Wet, a wet salt brine or a yeah, dry... Yeah, okay. yeah. So or you... Dry salt brine it, but the the moisture comes out of the fish, and then it's kind of sitting in that own that moisture for a little while. Yeah, um, and then it goes really hard. Yeah. What's your What's your understanding of dry aging? Like, what happens with the fish? I have no idea. So I do it a little bit, like kind of scale something, leave it in the fridge for a couple of days, and then cook it up whole, um, just so it's nice and dry. Get crispy skin on the barbecue, like. Yeah, really good. But you sound like just a typical Aussie guy who's just experimenting and enjoying himself. Yeah, I like it. See, these techniques <laughs> are like considered a little bit posh and hoity-toity, but you've just brought it right down and just made it actionable for the everyday diver. 
Yeah, no, just have a crack. It's yeah. it's not as hard as it seems. Like dry aging, people think, oh, that sounds scary. Just look after your fish, gut it, gill it, yeah. put it vertically in a tray where yep. the juice can fall out and it's not sitting in its own juice. Leave it for a couple of days, then cook it. I so, I do an yeah. even more peasant one than that. I'll, I'll fillet a fish. I, I, I might salt it, maybe. I don't do it all the time. And then I just... Make sure it's completely dry. I don't wash it in any fresh water. I wrap it in paper towel, like quite a lot of paper towel. I put it in a Ziploc bag and I throw it in the fridge. Yep. 24 hours later, I might pull it out, change the paper towel, and then put throw it back in for another 24 to 48 hours. And honestly, like the difference between that and a fresh caught fish is out of this friggin' this is, world. This Even for sashimi, Tom, eh? This is one of Tom's pet hates, fresh fish. If you eat your fish on the same day you kill it, yeah. We can't be friends. <laughs> it's disgusting. Well, Cam, Cam and I shot this Trevally earlier, the headland, and I was just like, yeah, no, nah, this will be perfect for ceviche. And he's like, oh, let's just eat it out. And I'm just like, no, 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 bro. We'll leave it in the esky for a day. Let it ice down. Let let some of that, um, let it go through the rigor mortis and let some of the those complex proteins start to break down. And then it'll be even better sashimi. Is that you guys do the same? Yeah, so the only the only exception to that is if you shoot something first thing and it's on ice all day and then fill it in the arvo, bit of sashimi. Yeah. Yeah, Tom's got a bit more on this. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. But I people people say, oh, that fish is no good or that fish is no good. I'm like, mate, you've, it's been out of the water an hour. You haven't iced it and you're trying to fill it. It looks like you're filleting You haven't jelly. bled it? Yeah, like... Tell yeah. us more about the icing. What does that actually do? Like in your experience and, and the difference in taste? It Well, it it sets the meat. Um, and I, I suppose there's a rigor, rigor mortis process there as well, which I don't understand. But I know that getting your fish cold will make your meat go firm. And um, and one, it's a shitload easier to fill it. Yeah, 100%. And, um, and, and, and cut into sashimi slices. Because yeah. when you use a double bevel knife, which most of us are using... They don't cut those cute sashimi no. slices easily. Not like a Japanese like knife that's made for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And 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 people will leave the guts in their fish and and then sit in an esky overnight, and it's just a good way to ruin it. I know, I know. I think I think everyone's getting better as everyone gets a little bit more aware. But yeah, yeah. Gut those fish, gill them because gills are gross too. Get them out. Um, yeah, leave the gut cavity down. I like to have a tray in the bottom of the esky with ice on it, so there's no water sitting on the fish um, at, le- at least one day. And then if it's a small enough fish that you can keep it whole in a, in a fridge, I'll so, keep it whole. So, so sorry, you don't even leave the fish in the slurry. You you nah, have it sitting prime. Nah, get, oh, it, it can be in the slurry during the day when you're in the boat. Um, but then, yeah, get it out of that sucker. Dry it out as soon. As dry as you can. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and then and then I'll yeah clean the fish. If it's a big fish, I'll cut. I'll, I'll expose as little meat to air as possible. So if, I, if it's a big mackerel, I'll third it or, or half no. it and keep that in the fridge. Um, and I, I, if you've got a good fridge, you can leave it uncovered. Um, but if you're opening it all the time, then you can you can cover it. Even just laying paper towel over it. Um, but yeah, just just keep as as little things. It's in not introducing as, bacteria yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And the airflow around it. Like people people freak out about their fish drying out a little bit, but it's it cooks better. Yeah, it tastes better, and and it's just easier to cut. It's, it's yeah. the whole process is easier, and you don't have to do it when you're tired at the end of the day of diving. I made a statement in the book when I was making some of the videos. I said, sometimes with spearfishing, we have an overabundance of seafood 
And so it's almost like we treat it more poorly than it deserves. And I think some Sparrows are guilty of becoming better Sparrows, aka more selective, and they hunt very specific species because of their eating qualities, but they become shitter cooks. 100%. Is that a true statement? Is that a fair statement? What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Um, like uh, like I was saying earlier, I shot some mullet on the weekend. and, and oh, I, in, I, How good is smoked mullet? Hand on heart, the fish tacos I made out of that were Ooh. as good as any pearl perch fish tacos yeah? I've ever eaten. Yeah, 100%. And it was because, because it had a couple of days. It was gutted, gutted bled, had a couple of days to set, and it was beautiful. Do you guys smoke fish? Rarely, but... In the new house, I'll, I'll be getting a smoker and, yeah. Smoke yeah. smoke mullet is like, oh. Some of the shittest fish that you can shoot is absolutely smokes the best light. I was at the uh, Adreno HQ a while back doing some catch and cook fits and I we smoked up coral trout next to a wong and the wong tasted far better than yeah. the coral trout in the smoker. Only in the smoker, but in the oh, smoker. Yeah. Yeah, so on, on smoking, I think the best smoke fish around here, not that it's a shit fish, but Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Um, it's oily, eh? Oily, yeah. like fairly bloody meat too. It yep. just, I think it just smokes really well and it's just whacking in the smoker, covered in um, brown sugar and brown sugar and salt, just a dry rub. And so do you just, you, you tail like, shoot your Taylor, you don't bleed it or gut it and you just throw it straight in the smoker? Is that what you kind of do? Nah. No, 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 no. You still, still got to bleed and gut. You got to bleed yeah, and gut, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. And then brown sugar and what was that? What else did you Brown say? sugar and salt. Just yeah. a dry rub for, and then chuck it in the smoker. Yeah, Hot nice. Smoke. Nice. Yeah. Mate, I love smoked fish. Eh? It's some of my favourite. Have you guys done mackerel? Because you guys get some good mackerel down here. The school mackerel are thick at the moment and they're not as good on the, on the chew as, as your Spanish and your spotties. But yeah, if we get some schoolies tomorrow, they'll be on in the smoker. We got some last weekend and our mate smoked them all up and bloody unreal yeah. Yeah, nice. do you like to penetrate great news penetrator fins today's noob Spiro podcast sponsor are tough as nails robust dependable performers with beyond industry standard warranty communicate direct with larry and his team 24 7 for all your fin inquiries at penetratorfins.com or at penetratorfins on Instagram. Baby spun finish. These things are smooth as silk. They glide through the water. They give you that awesome balance between power and efficiency. This is Penetrator Fins. Use the code Anoobspiro to save $25 on any pair of Penetrator Fins at penetratorfins.com. That's right. Use the code Noobspiro to save $25 on any pair of Penetrator Fins at penetratorfins.com. Killfish with precision and power, sending shafts from a stable platform with Killshot spear guns. Made in the Florida Keys by Ed Martin, you're buying American-made dependable spear guns. Get $30 off any Killshot spear gun at killshotspearguns.com. Yes and amen, Nuba. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns at killshotspearguns.com. It says if they're in the shop or on the phone, they can cash in by saying, crikey, mate, or the Noob Spiro podcast sent me. Check them out at killshotspearguns.com, based in the Florida Keys. All right, well, we got we got, we got digressed into the old cooking topic, which I love to do because I like eating. Um, and I know everyone, it, just, most Spiros love Before cooking. you go any further on that, yeah. we, just, we just had a meal at, at the pub. And I had had two chips, and Shrek's plate was cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a seagull. Man can mate. Eat. What, what can I say? I'm the world's largest seagull. 
Um, that's nah, good. Um, we moved into seafood. I love it. People can buy 99 spare recipes. Pro probably very shortly it'll be available. Um, again, thank you. Massive effort for the, all the people that backed it on Kickstarter. I really appreciate it. Um, the book is finally done, by the way, if you guys were wondering. Uh, it's ready. It's off to the printer. Um, we've finally finished this project. 160 recipes or some shit. Um, crazy. More than 73 contributors. There's some absolute jaw droppers in there. And you, there'll be stuff in there that seafood chefs will go, oh, that's a cool idea. So It'll be a permanent part of my kitchen for sure. Can't yeah, wait for it. Cool, cool. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys, though, because we've got two guys that dive this local area all the time. Without giving us specific spots and knowledge, Cam and I are headed out with you in the boat tomorrow. We really want to sort of pick your brain about what we're likely to encounter tomorrow. And um, what we kind of need to know is new divers to the area, like species to avoid, things to look out for. Give us a good overview if you can, and we'll pick your brain as we go. Yeah, so it, it's the uh, Solitary Islands Marine Park. So there's a large area of sanctuary zone here. It's all super clearly marked out, um, and everyone has a phone with them. The, the, the local New South Wales app uses the GPS to show you exactly where you are in comparison to a sanctuary zone. So, What's the app called? Um, New, yeah, New South Fish Wales. Smart, New smart. South Wales. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So if you ever dive around here, grab that. It'll keep you out of trouble. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's a chain of islands. Um, I think the furthest one out is, what, five nautical miles directly from the coast. Okay. Um, and then a lot of them are a lot closer. Um, wow. The, the main fish, well, it, it's coming towards the end of mackerel season. The water's cooling down, but we still get some big boppers cruising around. So we'll definitely be um, hitting a couple of the mackerel drifts. Um, and then we've got the pearl perch and snapper come into some shallower water, get a little bit dumb in winter. Um, so we'll be looking for them. And then there's, the, yeah, all the normal fish. Um, I love fish. dumb fish. Me too. The I dumber like the better. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like working hard. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we've got plenty of kingies, school mackerel, um, blue bar parrotfish, tuskies are all pretty year-round, mangrove jack. Um, yeah, and, and we're sort of just starting to get the clear winter water. So hopefully, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to get some decent vis and find some fish. So you've said clean and cold. Just give us some broad definition, definitions on how clean and how cold. Uh, 25 metres is super clear for coughs. We probably get, what, 10 to 15 tomorrow? Maybe a bit more. I was out on Thursday and we had 20 at South Sol. Uh, I could see light and dark in probably 25. Like it was, it was really nice. Yeah. And... When we say cold, it's not actually that cold. Really cold. Tom's just soft. Uh, it's probably 20 degrees. Oh, 20, 21, I love maybe, maybe a bit wider. 20 like Brisbane. Like, so Brisbane Bay this time of year is 18 degrees. Yeah, it proper cools off because you've got the shallow water over mud bottom and the land cools the water right down. Outside, we're getting 21, 22, 20, somewhere around there. But inside, super cold. Often yeah. clean, and by clean I mean like 10 metres. That's that's clean for inside the bay. And then, um, but 17, 18 degrees, I start to really feel it. Yeah. Um, we we might get 18 on the headlands, or, or we do. I don't think we will tomorrow, but yeah. Too cold for kingies? Have they moved on? Oh, God, no. No, winter is 
when we get the kings. Yeah. Oh, really? Dead yeah. set. Yeah. I thought that was more too, of a summer. Too, too warm in summer. We get like 26 degree water pushing in. in yeah, summer. right. Oh, maybe that's why they're down south where yeah. I am. Yeah, ah, that's it, right. Sure. So I'd yeah. stay down the other way. Yeah, gotcha. Any, so no hope for that tomorrow? No hope for kingies. Yeah. Oh, there'll be heaps. They'll be everywhere. <laughs> kingies, Amber well, I'm happy, but man. We, it's probably a bit early for Sambos, but we get some pretty epic Samson fish here. Cam, Cam is really, I was picking his brain today about the fish he really wants to shoot. He really wants to shoot a big kingy. Cam, what's your PB kingy like? Oh, mate, I have no idea. My one, my first one was legal. The first one I shot <laughs> and I measured, it was just bang on, and that was the happiest day of my life. So yeah. anything other over legal is is a happy day. So if I get another crack, then I'm then I'm good. You, you're a fairly good chance of a 10 to 15 kilo fish tomorrow, I think. What You, you guys seen them the other day, didn't you? Yeah, so we found a big school of kingies on Thursday, and it was... I don't know. Ellie and I probably shot the smallest ones in school. There was one. There was one that was trying to eat. That was trying to eat Ellie's fish. It was huge. Probably Were you trying huge. to avoid the mushy ones by well, shooting smaller ones? Just the ones with less admin. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> less real estate. Less real estate in the esky. Yeah, and you yeah, can still those... you can get a bit of color in the esky without just Kingy City. Yeah, those really big ones. They're a fair bit of admin, bit of cleaning, bit of bit of work. You know, I. I think the kind of eight kilo ones are just perfect. They're they're not too much work. They're don't bend your spear. yeah, don't bend your spear, don't wreck your gear, and you can fit them all in the fridge or the freezer. For Cam, taking his first king, hopefully over ten kilo, um, it seems simple to experience spiros. And we get when you've shot a couple of kingies, you're just like, oh yeah, kingy, you know, and yeah, you just kind of sure. ride off the process to learning. For Cam, he's going to be maybe engulfed in a school of 10 to 15, say, kingies, 10 to 15 kilo kingies. What's your advice to him about shot placement, patience, and managing his own body language in the school? Uh, probably the biggest thing is slow down. Just you'll see they'll come in and they'll, if you're on the bottom, they'll come in above you and you won't see them straight away. And then and then just once you see them, slow down, pick the one you want and... Um, they're usually pretty dumb. They're, yeah, yeah. Don't change your mind once you pick one. That's what Tom just said. And um, yeah, pick one, put a good shot in, and then just try and keep it off the bottom. Is it true that they're pretty inquisitive? So when you bang one in, the rest sort of come and look at them and check them out? Yeah. So if someone else shoots one, yeah. if you hear someone else's gun go off tomorrow, dive. Yeah, yeah. Dive and you'll get some. So last comp. Tom Tom got a two for one on Kingies, and then I picked up one off off his. And the day before, he picked a mackerel up off my mackerel. So, pelagics, if you hear someone's gun go off, just dive. So watch the Masters, which I'll be doing tomorrow, watching you boys, and then just dive down. <laughs> We're diving with um, the real Tommy Dawes uh, on Instagram, everyone. So at Tommy Dawes um, and at Angus Knox. Is that right? Is it? Well, what, how do you spell? How do you spell your Insta handle? Oh, it's just Angus Knox. Okay. Knox with a K. All right. And you're a Tari boy, smashing Coffs Harbour fish. Um, Tommy looked pretty offended that you've done that. Angus seems to get a lot of tropical fish that we just don't get here. Yeah, you were saying something about a Robinson Seabrim and uh, and a moo. Yeah, yeah. So a little while ago, I shot a moo. That was just after Christmas. We had some really warm, nice water. So the, that's um, a large eye seabrim, isn't it? Yeah, the big eye seabrim. Yeah, yeah. The pretty one with the stripes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, shot a nice move and um, also that day got a blue bar. It was a pretty quiet day and then managed to get a few fish right at the end. Yeah. Um, Tom also shot a coronation that I'd had about six dives on. Oh, how painful are they uh, to hunt? No, how painful is Tom? He'd been, he'd been, he'd spent an hour on the thing, <laughs> and I, I didn't even see it. I saw a blue bar and thought, I'll have a crack at that blue bar. And as I got close to the bottom, I saw this coronation tail dip into a cave, and I was like, "Sorry, mate, <laughs> I'm not." I stuck my head in there and looked at it, just this big head looking at me, and I was like, "That's." Oh, he didn't, he didn't move. He just sat there, and it was three and a half kilos, which is a big coro around here. Yeah. Um, and the thought went through my head for two seconds: should I leave it for him? But that thought left quickly. And, yeah, Sick. poor thing got a double roller in the face. Cam, I think when you come up last time, you shot a couple of parrot. Um, but hunting parrot can be quite tricky as well. Um, hunting them in a hole can be good because they don't – they seem to just hole up and think they're safe. They do. But the other thing, when they're in the open, they can be really painful to hunt. Yeah, there's a couple of reefs around here um, that um, – yeah, I won't say too much. They're easier to chase in, um, like, sort of rougher terrain where you can tuck behind a rock. Um, if, if the open reef around here, you, you've just kind of got to dive bomb them and hope they don't see you. If if, if they're open, they, they'll sit there and you'll see them, but they generally won't quite come close enough. I, I shot a decent one last weekend. It was first dive of the day, dive to five metres, get the bubbles out of my wetsuit, and one swam straight up to me onto the end of my gun. Every now and then you get a dumb one, but um, but most of the time they're fairly clever, and you've you've got to tuck behind a rock, and they'll come to see what it is, and you get one shot. You got to take that chance. Speaking of holes, today you gave us a ripper spot for Jewfish. Now I don't give out spots. Nah, of course not, of course not. Um, earlier on, you were telling us a little bit, or we were having a chat about some of the uh, the conditions that are set for finding for finding good ones. So there's a bit of swell, wash, holes, ludric. Can you tell us a bit more and, and share it with everyone out there? Yeah, Angus is probably a little more experienced in chasing Jew than me, but um, but yeah, yeah, you need you need to find a nice gutter on a headland that runs runs up. And in my experience, they liked a hole that's got a escape route, so there's two channels into the hole. Um, if it's one channel that runs into the headland, they don't seem to sit in them for some reason. Um, rubbly terrain's usually good, and then. If you see blackfish and Taylor coming in and out of that hole, it's it's all, all, all that glassy white bait sitting in, up in the wash. Yeah, that's a good sign. And and yeah, you yeah you, you want to swim into the gutter and headbutt the headland and yeah and get as, as usually deep as pretty you can. treacherous conditions. What can you say about um just keeping it safe and just understanding swell and whatnot? Uh, if in doubt, don't go out. No, good one. That's yeah, yeah. So what so, you're saying is more of an experienced hunter to find juice. Oh, you can be lucky. Yeah, you can be lucky, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard work diving for for jewfish. It's, it's big reward though. They're pretty big if you if you're finding the right one. Yeah, yeah, you can find big ones. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just hard diving. You're diving in the wash. It's usually. Um, yeah, keep your head up to make action. sure you see what's coming and then, yeah, and then always, down to keep breathing. Yeah, always watching always watching what the waves are doing out behind you, Understand, understanding the sets, knowing when after a set you've got a bit – so you've got a bit of time after a set usually um, if there's a little bit of swell. But the best conditions is when it's dead flat, nice clear water, 
and then and then you can really find those areas that ha- still have a little bit of wash over them. So they're going to be the areas where the Jews are going to be sitting. I was going to be real cheeky, to Angus. I was going to say, um, due to your albino status and the lack of pigmentation in your hair, uh, yeah, <laughs> does yeah, that yeah, act yeah. as a flasher? <laughs> so, sorry. Nah, that's that's pretty good, but nah, it doesn't because you know I got long hair, and if I don't wear a hood, it gets stuck in my mask straps. Oh, really? It pulls out. It's like really annoying. So oh. I always wear a hood. Yeah. 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 Nah. Are you a GoPro guy? Do you have a YouTube channel? Like, oh, I've worn a GoPro before, but I don't really like it. What? It's why? Hard. I was hard. wearing one today, and I was just reminded of like how freaking painful they are. Yeah, especially when you're hunting Jews. Yeah. So if you're up in that wash and a wave hits you in the in your mask when yeah. you got a GoPro on, it'll just pull your mask off. It's it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And being a bloke, I I feel like I'm a monotasker and trying to film oh. and spare. Spearing's hard enough on its own yeah. without worrying about. Even though it's just like a camera angle, one click start. I I never remember to shut the thing off. I filmed ten off. minutes of shit. Yeah, and then and run then out of battery. Run out of battery, um, and I'm still wearing it, and I've got to haul it back to wherever I've jumped in. Yeah, exactly. And then you get back, and for some reason the files are corrupted, and then you've got <laughs> you've shot a really nice king, and you can't put any footage up. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating. Yeah, story of my life. Yeah, but Tommy Dawes has got a uh, what YouTube channel? Yeah, a bit of you got a YouTube channel. Yeah, going. A bit of cost spear fishing. It's it's yeah. It's, very, very basic, and there's only a couple edits. But I, when I can be bothered, I love filming stuff. Yeah. And um, and I. Do you like to just film or film and spare? Both. Yeah. yeah and right. this is embarrassing, but I watch my own videos all the time. I love looking back on holidays and looking at, looking at the cool stuff that we did. Actually, um, it's funny you should say that. I was watching me in Cam's South Australia trip the other day with my son, and it, like it happened more than a year ago now. So you watch it and you're like, that was such a cool trip. Like. Yeah. There's something about capturing it. Yeah, and and I don't know, like I, I'm just not interested in watching people's YouTube stuff. I don't I don't have the time, but also I don't it just doesn't do it for me. This is a bit awkward because you've got Brody tattooed on your right <sighs> forearm. Don't tell everyone. <laughs> and Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Myers. <laughs> Smash that like button, Tommy. Yeah, no, I I yeah. I um I yeah, it's a bit cringy. I, I, I appreciate like I appreciate yeah, how too. much effort goes into it. Those, those guys do some pretty cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I, do, I like to make a video and, yeah. and I put it up on YouTube and watch it a few times a year. Yeah. Um, and and I, when I've got time, I love making edits. I've got a bunch on my computer that I will upload eventually. But it's just I, I do I don't know. It's, you can switch your brain off, kind of like spearfishing, and just focus on that task. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so what are you using, DaVinci or are you um, No, what's the other one? Uh, Pro, the, uh, is it Adobe or something one? like that? Or? Yeah, Premiere Pro. Pre- yeah. yeah, that one, Premiere Pro. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't use any of the functions. That's all. Everything I do is super basic um, and it's just a song and some fish being shot. I've seen some of your vids. Like it makes coughs look like some really nice diving. Can be, but you we get a lot of dirty water. Yeah. So have we sort of timed it right this trip? What are you What are your premier months here in, in, um, in this area? It's it's yeah, it's reasonably well timed. Uh, um, three four weeks ago was better for mackerel, but there's still big dogs around. Um, I like spring because I like Samson fish. Oh really? No, November, yeah. Do you get worms in them? No. 
Sansom fish uh, WA they don't like them do they is it WA no no in Queensland we get them but often they're not big sambos although occasionally like I think we might have the Australian record from Queensland oh, really? waters yeah. and that was like 30 yeah maybe 40 kilos oh wow by 30 so that was um that was a buddy of mine but um Often we'll get the smaller models and they've got worms, like parasites in them. Yeah, okay. No, I, I haven't experienced that, have you? No. Um, we, we get them sort of 10 to 20 kilos um, oh, yeah. and they're one of my favourite fish to eat. And yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not particularly difficult to hunt, um, but it's the, the bigger models are often on a couple of deeper reefs and it's, it's fun shooting a big fish in deep water and the fight. And the, um, but yeah, it's... It's just, yeah, it's a good time of the year. It's calm, it's clear, it's, yeah. yeah. For guys in this neck of the woods, you guys have got a fantastic club that I want to talk about um, and you run a fantastic comp here. Talk talk to me about that. Like if, for a new diver in this area that's interested in diving coughs, where do they start? They don't have a boat, they just want to start diving. Uh, you want to start at the Coughs Harvest Beer Fishing Club. That's where you want to start for sure. Um, we've got a good club at the moment. There's probably about 50 members. Um, I when did I join? Maybe 2019. So I, yeah, I moved to Coffs, and I dived a fair bit around Port Macquarie and Tyree and uh, Diamond Head, Crowdy, all that. And um, so I had a good crew down there. But when I moved up here, I had no one to dive with, and I just thought, you know, this is the only way I'm going to find people to dive with. So I joined the club and haven't looked back. It's a grunt great bunch of people. Is that um, where you met the real Tommy Dawes? Yeah, that's where I met the real Tommy wow. Dawes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now look cool. at us. The bromance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, you guys obviously got a friendship now as well. Like, yeah, yeah. We, uh, Angus is my main dude that I dive with now. Yeah, um, nice. And Angus and I went and did the instructor course together and, and we run the training together in town and um, it's been unreal for the local crew. We had a fella, Chris Lambert, come about 18 months ago and um, I don't think you mind me telling this story, but he we we took him for a shore dive one day, and he he did shoot a black drummer that we pointed him to in about a meter and a half of water in a cave. Beautiful. He couldn't equalise past two meters. I I just thought he's we won't see him again. Yeah, I thought he was going to drown in that cave trying to shoot that black drummer. <laughs> hey, it was a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> he he was just a lost cause, and we like. He is the nicest dude, but uh, yeah. we, we just thought we won't see him again. That was awful for him. He couldn't equalise. He, he had a real hard time. Persisted with it. Um, and he's one of my favourite people to dive with now. 18 months yeah. later, he's super safe, super super capable. Yeah. He's he's like a sponge. He's picked up all the species, all the hunting techniques. He, he's, a, he's a bit of a freak. Some, ex, some experienced guys write noobs off. And I tell you what, if you just invest that little bit of time and energy in him, they can be your best eye buddies of the future, especially if you instill in them the ethics and the safety and the systems that you work. That they're, You're investing in your future and a good dive buddy, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. And getting them into the habits that you like to see in other divers. Like you know how you dive with people sometimes and you're just like, oh, this, I, I don't want to dive with this person anymore. It's not fun. It's yeah. not safe. It's just... It doesn't make me feel comfortable, but yeah, with if you can if you can get someone that's really keen and sticks at it and instill the values that you want in them, yeah. then that's fantastic. You've got you're going to have an epic dive buddy forever. That's what we've got in Chris for sure. I think a year after he started spearfishing with us, he shot a 17 kilo uh, sambo, absolute donkey. 
What are some of the uh, the big ticket items for people you want to spearfish with? Like as far as safety and trust and, and skill set? Staying on top of you. When yep. you're on the bottom, staying on top of you. And one of our pet hates is uh, when someone... When you've taken a dive and they are on the surface, supposed to be watching you. Yeah. And then they take a dive and shoot a fish off your head. I just... Gives yeah. me an absolute meltdown. I'm... That that's that's pet hate. And so it's hard, to, like, hard to have that chat on the top of the surface. Like, yeah. And then you've got the um, that anger or that that disappointment. And it's not the same when you get back on the boat or when you get back on the shore. Cause nah, it's, kinda, it's not. It's hard to sort of have that conversation, but it's pretty yeah. serious, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, anything can happen when you're on the bottom. Like I've I've had mackerel swim between me and Tom. I've been sitting on the surface and a mackerel swum under me. I could shoot it from the surface, but I've let it swim. Tom comes back up and he goes. Didn't say anything. I was like, well, there's a mackerel above you, but, you know, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good, really good points. Let's be honest, it takes quite a lot of discipline. If you're a noob and you've, you've been diving your guts out for a year, you've never seen a mackerel, and your dive buddy's down on the bottom and you see a mackerel, it takes a lot of self-discipline to go, hey, my buddy's down there, I'm going to wait. Yeah, for sure, it does, but... You know, in the long run, you'll you'll end up diving with good divers more yeah. and you'll get more fish. Yeah. What are some of the other good habits you like to instill in new divers? I'm talking like I was aiming kind of at stealing marks, but go where yeah, you want. Yeah, um, tight lips. Yeah. And, um, I, well, the big Lo- thing is... Loose lips, sh- sink, sink ships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, p- pay your way, courteous on the boat. Because tomorrow you're taking me and Cam out. We were going to give you that Trevally. Um, <laughs> I'll pay you to keep that one. But, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, spots. If you, that's that's what I always tell the, the young guys here, and, and they do talk about it a little bit. And I just like just tell them you shot it at your unger. Everything was down at your unger, which is an hour south of here. Yeah. It, whatever you got, you got it from your unger. And and people do. How now, do like, the unger club feel about that? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, there's not a club down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it just. We, Angus and I talk about where we got fish because we dive the same spots all the time and, and if there's fish somewhere, we'll, we'll let each other know. But you don't owe anything to old mate down the street. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... And with with technology the way it is, it's hard enough for the fish to get away without yeah. being told where they are. A lot of the time on some of the bigger groups, and I've, I've got on and I've been pretty blunt with new divers. Like, they'll say... And I get it. They say, like, on southern Queensland spearfishing, there's about 15,000 people, and they get on and they go, hey, I live in Noosa. What are two spots that I can go to? And southern Queensland spearfishing, there are so few shore dive locations. If you post a spot on there, 15,000 people see that. If only 0.001% of those people take action on that spot, it's facing way more pressure than it would have without the aid of Facebook. Yeah, so you just sure. got to be a bit careful, eh? And, you, and you're taking a little bit of the enjoyment out of it by asking for spots because that's, that's half, the, half the fun, half the reward, finding, finding somewhere and working hard for it and then having it pay off. We've got an article on Noob Sparrow that people don't look at a lot, but it's called Three Online Tools to Help You Find Secret Spearfishing Spots. Yeah, and did, I've read that did, article. Did you like fantastic. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, well, someone else, someone from the community submitted that article, and it's a New South Wales-specific article. He teaches you the app to have, how to look, and then what you're looking for and how to go. 
Oh, you can read that article and go out tomorrow and find fish. Yeah, for sure. That's there's so much technology out there to help you find where the fish are going to be. It's it's not that hard. You don't have to post on the Facebook groups. You yeah. can do a little bit of your own research. Yeah. When you do make a post like that on a bigger group, do you think some of the experienced guys automatically write you off? Like they go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to tell that guy much. Yeah, you wouldn't. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't write someone off for posting something, but I also wouldn't tell them where to go. Yeah. I'd say somewhere generic where, you know, you might get a you feed, but it's not – you're going to get a feed and it's going to be safe, but it's not going to be good fish. Yeah, that, that's one thing. Point them somewhere that's easy for a new new guy or girl. Yeah. Um, and, and rather than saying go to this headland and target this spot, just say – for example, in coughs. Like you did Cough. today for us for the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or stitch them up and put their life in danger one or the other. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like Coffs Harbour, there's a, there's a break wall out to one of the islands. Um, so the north side of the wall is, is super protected, even in a big southerly swell. And so anyone that asks me, I just say, just go and jump in off north wall. There's plenty of fish around and just swim around, get used to being in the water, try and shoot a blackfish, um, and go from there. They don't need the best spots, do they? They just need a spot where they can dive safely, have relatively clean water, and get that, just practicing those same basic core techniques. Duck dives, clearing their snorkel, recovery breathing, taking a full breath, laying on, learning to lay on the surface and relax before a dive. These are like real basic bananas things to experience Spiros, but you've just got to put those runs in. You've got to actually do the work. Yeah, for sure, and that's where jumping in a pool helps. Um, we, we get new crew come and they're, they're guns in the pool but you put them in the ocean and it all goes out the window we, uh, we were doing dynamics the other night and Georgina a new girl that started coming did an 80 metre dynamic like she's smashing it doing really well but you put it hey three months three, yeah three, three months yeah, well. um, but you put her out in the boat and I was explaining to her like you, she was saying what what, do, what can I prove on her like in the pool you, you're really good um but when we're out in a boat, you're looking where you're going, you're bicycle kicking, you're not, you're, your form's not right because you're thinking about all these other things. Um, so just just keep focusing on those little micro, what, what do you call it, motor skills or whatever um, and, and keep your technique good in the pool and just and just keep that present in your mind when you're in the ocean and, and that's where those little one percenters add up and you'll be an efficient diver. The swimming pool's so good for working on these small techniques but you introduce stress which is what we face every day in the open ocean, and all of it goes out the window. So it's learning to take that stuff into a stressful environment and still concentrate on it and do it. It's, it's yeah, and that's why paramedics and all those sort of people practice and practice and yeah. practice doing things that you need to do yeah. un, under a stressful and, – and, and it becomes muscle memory. Yeah, so. and that's that military saying. You, you don't rise to the level of your expectation, you fall to the level of your training. Um, Cam better talk about this because he's a military bloke. No, mate, I'm not, I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier today, um, I was dropping my son off to his mum and um, Cam was laughing his ass off because I'm just using old military speak. Like um, I was teaching him about prior planning prevents poor performance. And just, you know, he's nine, but just learning to think ahead. Like, oh, I'm going to the beach today, Dad. You know, like, and I think... Yeah, exactly. Bring some water, bring a hat, you know, like they're basics, you know. But like with, with diving, it, it's it, like as you get older, it transfers as well, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And um, 
and that's and as a new new diver, you don't necessarily know what to prepare for. That's where getting involved with the club really really helps. Um, so if someone's interested in this area, how do they find the Coffs Club? Uh, at Coffs Bureau Club on Instagram, uh, Coffs Harbour Blue Water Freedivers on Facebook, and chbfreedivers.com.au, I believe, is the website. Okay. Um, and yeah. well, do you guys have regular meetings? Like, um, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you got pool stuff as well. Once a month we meet. They're um, yeah, they're pretty fun. They're, they're, they're interesting. You don't necessarily need to come to the meetings, but the, the training once a week is really good. We do social comps once a month um, where Thwaites Marine, the local mechanic, sponsors us. They put up some money in a Drano match it in oh, vouchers. Wow. Um, so you can win vouchers. And the, the comps are structured so that anyone can win any week. You, you if you've shot a fish off the list for the year, then that's done. So the gun divers can go through and shoot the fish, but they can't shoot them again. So yeah. you guys get a chance to win um, win a comp. Um, and then it's an opportunity. We might go out in our boat. There'll be Angus, myself, and my brother, and we'll take a, one of the Groms or one of the new divers, and you've got three experienced divers to a new diver, and it's just a good way for them to get out and learn. And, and yeah, we can't have amazing. a barbecue and a beer afterwards. Good days. I love it. I love the comp days. They're a lot of fun. Um, Sounds magic. Yeah, yeah. And it's that sort of grassroots level where it's really family orientated and yeah it's a lot of fun and we get we get like nine-year-olds coming out the boats with us and jumping in yeah that's oh, great can you remember the first time you shot a 15 kilo kingy yes yeah clearly yeah and it was a it was an amazing day at south solitary it was 30 meters fizz i think it was 14 kilos my brother and i both got one and we got engulfed by about 60 fish and it's just and like you're just looking around, can't focus on one fish, starting to stress out, and you you plug it and it takes off, and yeah, oh man, it's, it's awesome. And then and then when you get to do that with one of the groms, like they, yeah, the froth is so sick. Tomorrow we're taking Cam out. He hasn't shot a kingy that big. I'm really really looking forward to him hopefully plugging one. So hopefully we're going to do that, Cam. Yeah, he'll he'll have fun doing that. Um, where uh, it's a little while ago now, but there's a. A 12-year-old Grom shot a 15-kilo one, so you got to <laughs> be that. Yeah, I've got to be that. <laughs> what kind of length are we talking about? Because when I hit my uh, my oversized one, what was it, like 77, 78 centimetres, so I wasn't really worried about the weight as long as it was legal length-wise. That's a full-kilo fish. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Length, I have no idea. I. As soon as they get out yeah, of the yeah. media, you start looking 10 kilos. Right? Yeah. yeah, so... 1.2 maybe if it's good. Depends how four or... Probably 1.2. 1.2, yeah, 120 centimetres and up maybe. You're looking at 12 to 15. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure on length. Mate, if I got a shot off and there was a, sp- a school spinning, you know, spooling up around me, that would be pretty sweet. And then to see you boys just dropping down on them, I think I'll learn a lot. I'm looking forward to it. Sorry, Noob Spirit community. We're going to go to an ad break here for a urinal uh, spell. <laughs> Equalising problems can be something that derail you. Not today, my friend. Go to freedivingfamily.com. Check out the, either the Friends of an Advanced Friends or video or the Mouthful and Deep Friends of Equalisation course at freedivingfamily.com. You can use the code SPIRO to get 20% off 
any course at freedivingfamily.com. These courses are put together by Adam Stern and a select team of, of, of legends and to help you overcome different issues and help you perform better. And some of them are extremely relevant for freedive spearing. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. Shrek, my dude, you're killing it on the Noob Spiro podcast. Every guest you get on frosts on the spearing life and the actionable info is off the chain. Over here at Spearing Magazine HQ, it's the same, buddy. So many Noobers are submitting their adventures, lessons learned, and pictures here at spearingmagazine.com. Just wanted to say that uh, Noobers can get an international subscription here at spearingmagazine.com. They can also check out our In the Face Apparel or getting a subscription to the world's greatest spearing magazine. Check it out at spearingmagazine.com. Shrek, thanks. Love what you're doing. Jeremy out. We're just talking about big families and diving families. Um, Tommy, you were talking about your family of seven. How many brothers you got? Yeah, there's there's five brothers. Um, oh, five boys, two girls. Yeah, seven of us. And, and um, yeah, like having a big family, it's a great contraception because I'm not super <laughs> super stoked on having heaps of kids, but um, I froth on having a big family because, yeah, we all, we all get on really, really well. Um, and, yeah, like I was saying, like the five boys can fill up a boat and go diving together. Um, Max is a bit of a unit. He He's he's uh, a uni boy and too busy drinking goon to, to dive most of the time, but he'll get out, get out oh, and have no. a crack. He's a, he's a legend. Um, and then Bill, who lives in Yurunga, is a mad keen fisho and, and diver. And then Ollie and Liam both live in Coffs. Um, and they, yeah, they both froth it. But, you know, all working adults, so it's hard to find time sometimes yeah. when we all get the chance to get out together. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's just um, like when you've got a really good dive buddy, you don't have to talk about what you're doing. Everyone just knows what's going on. And we're fit, like we're pretty horrible to each other sometimes, but we're super generous to each other in the water. Um it was funny, like I was on the bottom the other day and um, I heard this grunting and I'm like, what's that? I'm looking around, I look up and there's a school of mackerel surrounding me above and Ollie's unloaded his gun and he's um, pulled the trigger on his spear and he's dangling his spear up and down as a flasher to keep the mackerel oh, around. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, that I can, so that I can come off the bottom and shoot one. Like just shit like that happens all the time. Just sort of try to try to get each other fish because we, we're, we're super stoked for each other to get fish. No, oh, man. Yeah, no, no, it's it's good. That's good a, that's a sacrifice. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. you're you're not only you're delaying any possibility of getting a fish, really. Yeah, but then, oh shit! You're not like 15 minutes later. The same thing happened. He was on the bottom, and I and I started grunting on the surface. He couldn't hear me, and I, I did like a two meter duck dive, and was grunting. And he turned around and went, "Oh, sweet!" And plugged the mackerel. Like, yeah, yeah, just. Oh man, yeah. what comes around goes around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, a lot of sparrows are generous people, aren't they? Generally, yeah. Yeah, get the odd dickhead, but same in in in, in any walk of life. Um, my, most people I interact with in the spearfishing community are absolute legends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you like comp diving too? I, I growing up, I hated the idea of any spearfishing comp, and thought it was the worst thing for the environment and spearfishing and all that. And it just came from a lack of education. Didn't know what it was about. Yeah. That being said, I still don't think the way it used to happen where they'd shoot everything and go and dump it at the end of the day because they couldn't eat it. Um, yeah, that's that's not on, but it's it's evolved. Um, Talk about that. Yeah, well, we, we with, in Coffs, we have the Blue Water Classic and and um, we're trying to make it sort of, we're trying to toe the line with sustainability and all that sort of thing. Um, you, you can only shoot five fish or you can only weigh in five fish per day, so it limits what you take and it's a, 
90% pelagic species. There's a couple couple reefies in there. You can shoot snapper, but not many people shoot snapper. And you can shoot jewfish. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's all fast going, uh, quick breeding fish on the list. Um, and comps, spearfishing comps aren't. I mean, yeah, there's people that take it seriously and, and want to win, but they're super social. It's it's a great excuse to go and dive for two days in a row and catch up with a bunch of mates that you don't always see. And so so comps have evolved, and the way we do it's kind of improved as well. Yeah, yeah. This it does create wicked divers, doesn't it? It's like we were saying earlier. Aaron Puckeridge is a freak of nature. That guy is just such a weapon. He can he, the way that guy dives and moves in the water, and he's just he's unreal. He's a, the best guy I've ever seen in the water. I haven't dived with his old man. I imagine his old man's similar. Um, he's just, yeah, he's... A- I'm, I'm interviewing Gunther in Sydney this week. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to it. The bloke finished 13th in the in one of the world championships. And you're competing against guys that are professional spearers. And, like, these guys, they some of them spear in the med. There's, like, four fish left in the Mediterranean, and they seem to still manage to shoot a fish a week each. Um, so, and then he... He competed in Greece as well. At 60 years old in 2016, he still finished 20th. <laughs> He's a weapon, mate. I'm really looking forward to chatting with him and picking his brain. That says something about grassroots comps for sure, how they, they create good divers and divers that know where to find fish for sure. Yeah. What, what, why do you think it's such a powerful mechanism for shaping good divers? Because there's legends from all around the country gathering in one spot and 99% of the spearfishing community is happy to share information with the younger generation and you physically see them in the water, how they move, how they act, how they chase fish. Um, Some people, and I would argue a lot of spearos, probably the majority, are more in love with the lifestyle of spearfishing where you shoot something to cook and eat it for your family. 100%. Talk to that segment of our listeners that in our community that that are that sort of diver, why would they want to consider going in a comp? Yeah, Angus, you can take this one. Most meritorious. That's why. Because you, <laughs> you can win a prize for shooting a really good fish that you want to eat. You only have to shoot one, but if it's the best one on the day, that's your prize for sure. Yeah, nice. um, a lot of the time, Tom and I going after mer- most meritorious in our in our monthly fun comps because it's a bit more bragging rights than just shooting a bunch of broom and, wow, you can only shoot two, but, you know, yeah, shooting a couple of broom and a couple of other species. Did Tom take it out with his 11.7 kilo blubber lip? Ah, the big blubber lip. Ah, no, that wouldn't wouldn't take out Meritorious. But, you know, if he shot a small snapper, maybe. Leave the blubber lip to Adam Stern. He's the pro. <laughs> Adam's come out and done a fair bit of diving with you, hasn't he? He's done a bit up here, yeah. yeah. I think I told this story last time, but yeah, he he, he doesn't mind shooting a big blubber lip. Loves a wong. They smoke up really well, as we were talking about earlier. My dogs won't even eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I, sometimes I, I tell Sparrows, like, they're prolific, they're large, they're fairly easy to fill it and care for, and they smoke up really well. I'm just kind of like, despite the loss to your ego, they're a great fish the, to shoot. The, and you can cook them for sure. Um, 
And Sergio's. Like, that's, oh, that's, Sergio's a good that's, eh? Yeah, that's our, that's our staple around here. But yeah, we had a fellow Justin shot a, his first fish the other day. It was a big gold spot sweet lip, which no one's super frothing to shoot. They're everywhere. But um, he was stoked. And I said, just gut it, gill it now. Get it on ice. Don't touch it for a couple of days. Let it set. It, and he absolutely loved it. He said it was unreal. So. Yeah, he came on a short eye with me. Four days later, and shot another one. He was stoked. Oh, perfect, perfect. That, and it says something about how you treat your fish. Like even those shit fish, if you bleed them, gut them, let them set, let it, let the meat dehydrate a little bit because that's those fish can be pretty sloppy and gross when you cook them. Let it dehydrate a bit, and and they're not too bad. Cam and I were talking earlier about the attrition rate, the amount of people that buy a spear gun, then the smaller percentage that actually use the spear gun. And then the smaller percentage again that actually have the froth to continue past that first difficult year or two. And it is hard the first year. Like I, we look at people and like we're pretty comfortable in the water. It's just second nature. And you look at people and go, "How are you making that look so hard?" Yeah. <laughs> but it is. If you haven't done it, if you haven't grown up in the water, it's difficult to get the, that coordination. And and it's and for those that persist and and make it through that first year, well, then all all the credit to them. They're, yeah. 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 And, and the reward's there at the end. you just got to battle through those first first do, few dives. Do you think that's why we get on so well as Spiros? Because we're, we're just the, the bastards that persisted. Yeah. Like, and let's be honest, point past the point of what most reasonable people would consider reasonable. I think on that kind of attrition rate, it's, I, think, I have a feeling it's a lot harder in the cities to get through that first year than it is say, on the mid-north coast of New South Wales where there's a lot of fish and in that first year you could run into a dewey just because you're in the water or, or a big kingy on a headland yeah, just well. because you've jumped in. So I don't, I don't know about that. You've got, you've, you've got lots of other species too, like um, eastern, eastern rock lobster. Like uh, yeah. they're, they're a staple. Um, you've got abalone, which you identified earlier. You don't have to really have much skill to get an abalone. No. Other than finding it. Yeah, finding them. And then, um, then yeah, even even with a ludric, if you, you take a few ludric, treat them, treat them right, and they're delicious. Yeah. 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 So tomorrow I'm going out spearing with you. We shoot three ludric. What are you doing to cook them, boys? Lot, treat them right. Give them a couple of days. Um, uh, yeah, ice it, gut it, all that bullshit that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll fill it in skin and leave it in the fridge for at least four hours on a rack uncovered. Just the skin? No, no, the, 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 the fillet. Yeah, right. I've, I've yep, skinned yep, yep. it so all the meat's exposed yep. to that cold air. Yep. And then I'll just lightly flour it, a bit of salt and pepper and butter and oil, and that is one of my favourite meals, just, oh, just salt yeah. and pepper blackfish. I love it. I, yeah, I froth it. A lot of line fishermen are envious because they're a weed eater, so they're notoriously difficult unless you're specifically targeting them with a line. So sometimes they look at us turning our nose up at Lutterick and I think they're kind of like pissed off. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of it, like my mum loves them, but I think it's a nostalgia thing as well because that's what, what a lot of that generation ate. Um, but yeah Cam, yeah. Cam and I would have seen probably a thousand Lutterick in one dive this, for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're just coming into spawn, aren't they, soon? Yeah. Yeah, so we're getting massive schools of, of Ludric on the on the headlands here at the moment. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't let them pass. I don't pass them up. I always take them. Jewies are a, a contentious subject. A lot of people talk about the vulnerability of that fishery, and and in particular the vulnerability to spearfishing as a specific pe- pressure. I've talked with a few people that talk about rain being critical for the uptake and the spawn and the and the take on growing their base numbers. Uh, do you guys know much about it? I, I don't know a lot, but it'll be interesting to see what happens after the floods we've just had. Um, with a La Nina season. Yeah, the, and apparently that's good for mackerel too, so we'll see. But um, uh, I, they, they definitely are susceptible to spear fishing, but I don't think we are the biggest pressure on them. It's it's what's happening on land, the runoff, the farming, the and with the, particularly here, so much development going along the coast. They're replacing grass with concrete. That everything, that nothing gets filtered before it hits the ocean now. So I think there's a lot of nutrients going to the water that are maybe maybe not good for. Uh, those young jewfish further up the river. I've heard of diseases, maybe you could speak more on that, but I think there's a few diseases that the juveniles get in estuaries. Yeah, so I'm not sure on any specifics. We're going for bro science here, Angus. Let's go for bro science. Bro science? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, definitely here there's just been a lot. Around the Coffs area, there's been a lot of development, and I think even... Even over the last few years of me living here, I've seen a lot less Jewies than I did when I first moved here. I don't, I don't know if that's just because we've been diving less because of La Nina or... They're a super neat fish in the water, aren't they? Like Epic. So much character. They've got the diamonds, you've got the croak, you've got these huge mouths, relatively slow moving and docile at times and then capable of quite good, short, sharp bursts of speed. And they, they're large. Yeah, and you're in dirty water, so they're amazing when you they're see them. They're epic fish. They're just, I don't know. There's there's a couple of spots here where you can you can often comfortably sit on the bottom, and it's a bit a little bit deeper, so it's not as washy, and um, you can just sit there and watch them, and they just kind of spin around in a school on the on the spot and just sit there, you sit there and watch them. It's incredible. I was hoping they're to show awesome Cam fish. today. I was trying to I was trying to describe the diamonds that you see on their lateral line. And how amazing it is, like like even schoolies, like for the five to 10 kilo fish, like you see them in a school and they're just phenomenal. Depending on the swell tomorrow, there's a spot we can look at where you can try and shoot one, but there's another spot in a sanctuary zone that often has them that um, we can, you, you can moor outside the sanctuary zone and go in and have a look. Um, oh, yeah. We'll see how we're going. We're probably more likely to be spearing, spearing things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If, we, if we do well in the morning, we can go and have a look. Well, Cam and I are looking at We've got two-minute noodles and bowls for dinner tomorrow night, and we're thinking sashimi and whatever else we come up with in terms of fish or seafood. I should have defrosted some mackerel or kingy for you. I've got nah, a freezer full. We'll, be, we'll, we'll get some. Don't worry, mate. I shot a kingy on Thursday. I'll drop you some round to that povo campsite you got. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a mushy one too, no doubt. I actually haven't tried it. I hope it is. <laughs> nah, all good. Well, um, boys, I've had an absolute... Last of a time chatting with you. Um, it's good to talk on and off mic with you and just hear a bit more about the local area. Um, we talked heaps about the Coffs um, Club, which sounds like a fantastic breeding ground for the next generation of Australian spearfishing champions. Um, and I hope that's what happens because you guys are doing awesome work here. And uh, I applaud your efforts and thanks for taking us out tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that, there's, there's definitely a couple of future champions there. Um, I didn't run this past week. Can we just give um, Waits Marine 
Uh, 100%. A, a, a quick shout out. Ben and Laura are letting us take their demo boat out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's really generous of them. I've, I've had problems with the Hanes, so we've had to pull the fuel tank out of it. Ben has been generous enough to get us out on the water, so big shout out to Flates Marine. If you're in Coffs, go down and... That, they'll feature in my terrible um, video that I make from the trip as well, probably. Yeah, yeah. Great news, guys. Adam Stern has made his freedivingfamily.com courses available at a discount for the Noob Spiro community. If you get on freedivingfamily.com, use the code SPIRO, you'll get 20% off any course. There's a bunch of sick courses on there. There's an equalizing uh, stage one. There's an equalizing advanced techniques um, video there. They're two of my absolute favorites. If you have any problems with equalizing, go to freedivingfamily.com. Get Adam's course and use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. I just love a functional and simple spear gun that I can trust when I pull the trigger. Killshot spear guns utilize the finest of kiln-dried Burmese teak. Killshot spear guns also combine American-made parts and fine craftsmanship to bring you accurate, reliable, and simple spear guns that you can trust fish after fish. Get $30 off. Any Killshot Spear Gun at KillshotSpearGuns.com. Yes and amen, Uber. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns at KillshotSpearGuns.com. I'm really sorry for this terrible accent. Brought to you by Ed Martin at KillshotSpearGuns.com. In the world of freedive spearfishing, there's no magic breathing technique that's all of a sudden going to get you down and shoot massive fish at depth and holding big bottom times, but there is a way to do it safer and smarter, take down more fuel to maximize the time that you have there. Learn at noobspiro.com forward slash Ted with Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving. If you take down more fuel, you can stay for longer. Learning to take a bigger breath is not such a big deal. Ted breaks it down for you with a free online course, noobspiro.com forward slash Ted. Take down 20 to 30% more air just by learning how to take a full breath. Again, Learn how to do it free at noobspiro.com forward slash Ted. And, and can we just head out on a faster pace uh, round of questions? Yeah. <laughs> Shrek, what does the spearing lifestyle mean to you? <laughs> oh, I love it. Man, um, it, like I find so much noise in life and I, I am quite an introverted, anxious person at times. And so getting out in the water with good people to me is about clarity and just just having time to relax and de-stress love it mate appreciate the time <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you coming all the way down here looking forward to tomorrow oh you're a prick so anyway wade's marine where do we find them Wade's. um ben and laura are in the indu- southern industrial estate in coffs harbour um okay check me out on instagram at Waits marine t-h-w-a-i-t-e-s um and yeah, and and if you've got a boat and it needs a look at, he's a marine engineer as well, not just a mechanic. So he oh, knows nice, his shit. Nice, sweet, and that means you get charged extra, obviously. Nah, he's pretty generous. Nah, perfect, <laughs> awesome. And we're going out in this boat, so I appreciate it. So awesome. Thanks, Angus, for coming, mate. Yeah, no worries. It's been great. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, was, you you said you you spent a fair bit of time listening to some of the earlier episodes. So uh, yeah, I spent I spent a long time. Long time painting on Wilson Island, listening yeah. to episodes of the Noob Spiro, holding my breath, you know, doing doing that. It was really good. Um, best tip, best episode? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know, Tim McDonald's always pretty good to listen oh, to. Oh, 100%. I, just, I, I was hanging out with him yeah. the other day. We were at a church thing and uh, Jeepers, he's a good dude, eh? Like, just so much knowledge, though. Like, I don't, I'm not even smart enough to ask him the right questions yeah. to get the knowledge. <laughs> and I'm just kind right. of sitting there just. I think we've got a fellow in our club like that, Glenn yeah. George. He's, um, he is an absolute weapon. He gets all his fish in under 20 metres. He's, I, I'm not sure where to go with Glenn. He's incredible. Yeah, yeah. nice. He wins any comp he goes in. He just yeah yeah yeah. If he if it was a free for all in club comps, he'd come back with a boat full of fish every time. He wow it, yeah. He's got something about him. He's a fish whisperer. Cool. And Cam, mate, we are continuing to head south and east. Tomorrow we're going to get out with Tommy. Hope we're going to get you, Kingy, buddy. Mate, even if we don't and we see some fish and we get. Sorry, even if we don't and we get out there and just have some fun, this has been awesome. This is what it's all about. Going to a pub, having a yarn about spearing, getting some beers and having some food and chatting about something we all love and making, making some new mates. It's um, it's pretty sick. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, this is like day one of our trip. So thanks for thanks for inviting us, boys. No, nah, no worries. Epic. I hope you have a good trip. Cool. And uh, Angus, um, last question before we head on out. What does the spearfishing lifestyle mean to you in one sentence or oh, less? Oh, that's rude. <laughs> oh, I hate this. Oh, I don't know. It's something like, well, not much of a spear, but it's something like growing a big red beard and staying at a Povo campsite. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you, Angus? On Instagram again? Oh, yeah, just Instagram. Just Angus Knox at Instagram. Angus Knox. Knox with a Knox? Okay. okay. Yeah. Tommy, where can people find you? At Tommy Dyes. Or, or hit us up on Facebook if you want. And Cam, you're the uh, owner of Vintage Jet Ski. Uh, if you're interested in doing up an old two-stroke jet ski, Cameron is your man. VintageJetSki.com. This dude flies under the radar a wee bit. He's my good mate. And um, Cam, where can they find you on IG, buddy? Oh, thanks, mate. It's uh, Cameron True Wise is the personal one or Vintage Jet Ski. Uh, and our new one is Vintage Motocross for all those two-stroke lovers out there that love the old bangers. Enjoy. All good, guys. Thanks for listening. As usual, you're always welcome to listen to the Noob Sparrow podcast. If you love the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Consider supporting the episode, the podcast on an episode-by-episode basis. And you guys are funding trips like this. There's 52 legends that are helping pay for me to have a couple of beers in the pub with these legends. So much appreciation to you guys. Over and out. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed Australia East Coast Part 1. Tom and Angus uh, were fantastic blokes. A uh, little bit of background noise this week. We were in a pub. Next week, it's uh, we're also in, I'm in another pub, but with James Sacker for a Part 2. We talk about uh, the intelligence of whales, the Lobster Voice videos on YouTube, just catch, catch, capturing, <clears throat> capturing absolute horse craze down there on the East Coast. And uh, a bunch of laughter, as usual, as you'd expect with James Sacker. I stayed two nights with him with my good mate, Cam. We had an absolute blast. I really enjoyed bringing this series to you. There's five episodes in this series, and then we're going to have a monster 200th episode for Noob Spiro. I'm going to leave you in the dark for now. But nevertheless, some fantastic episodes coming up. So I hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast. If you love it and you want to support it, 
please do so. Go to noobspiro.com, head up into the menu, and there's a buy us a beer page. There's a bunch of ways you can support us. Um, but the, one of the main ways is go to patreon.com forward slash noobspiro. Consider becoming a patron listener. You pay on an episode-by-episode episode basis. Just helps keep fuel in our Noob Spiro podcast outboard. Uh, but that's it for me this week, guys. Shrek over and out. Today's episode was an absolute banger, and so is our major sponsor, Adreno. Visit them at adreno.com.au. They have a huge range of equipment. You can find it at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpirit checkout when you shop online. You can save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can even use that code in-store at some of their huge mega stores Australia-wide. Price be guarantee on any Australian spearfishing equipment price. Again, visit them at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpirit. The NoobSpirit podcast is incredibly proud to be partnering with Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works, equipment you can rely on. It's the very best in spearing gear from around the planet. Neptonics is also the one-stop shop for all your spearfishing gear, particularly in the US. They've got free shipping on all orders over $99 in the US. Furthermore, you can use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off on your entire shopping basket at Neptonics.com. Use the code NOOBSPIRIT at Neptonics.com. Neptonics.com.